what model of Tesla are you looking at, actually? Cheapest possible. Was it about 30k? More than that, even. It's 38. Like, like 40. Okay. Cheapest yeah. one is 38. A friend of mine, he was the store manager of the North Bend AT&T. Um, he's now a district manager. He had one, and he had to get rid of it just because it didn't suit his travel needs. I was like, oh my god. I was like, what a problem to have. 24 years old, owns a Tesla, was a, a district manager. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're set, guy. <laughs> you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely on a good track. All right, well, on that note, welcome to the 12th episode of Internal Implications, the podcast that's never going to give you up, never going to let you down, and I'm certainly never going to run around and hurt you. <laughs> Today, our show is going to be two segments. Number one will be the Metagame Week in Review, followed by number two, the 10 predictions for Pro Tour, I mean, Mythic Championship, Barcelona. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm How doing well. How going lately? Yeah, uh, less less so on the games. I've I, my my, <laughs> my my winning streak was finally squelched, um, but uh, not literally squelched this time. Travis, you can go to hell. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, my winning streak was squelched. Unfortunately, uh, Phoenix was not kind to me, so it's time to play a different deck. <laughs> so, otherwise, the rest of the week's been going good. How about you, Travis? Uh, same as far as games. I did start sideboarding to Squelch, just because it's so fun to cast. Not because it's optimal at all. But yeah, like I <laughs> said, and Squelch Josh's winning streaks. I literally, uh, yeah, I've been I've been spending the last like I don't know three days trying to figure out somehow to finance a Tesla, and each time it boils down to us like living bare bones and only eating top ramen so i haven't love, been able to but you love top ramen oh i love it so much but <laughs> i can't convince Alyssa to do it so you're saying like you can't like uh are you trying to like buy it outright with cash or are you saying oh, like payment no. wise it would yeah, work the payment so if we like the down payment's not a problem we've already got that and then okay uh even more than that but our monthly income just isn't high enough to justify gotcha. it. So that's what it is. Yeah, we're we're like new car shopping and it's kinda kinda same boat, but the car we're looking at is like twenty K less. Like we're looking at a Volkswagen. Um like if if you're wanting to go like uh eco conscious and something with like good fuel economy and still have like an ice engine, um, then I would go with uh one of the uh the 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 TDIs from Volkswagen. We're looking at the Sport Wagon, and uh, it's only like twenty eight grand. So, and, and that's for a two thousand nineteen model. That's amazing. Yeah. the The ICE engine is my biggest issue. I don't want to contribute to the CO two in the atmosphere. I was yeah, no, re I <laughs> reading the statistics on it. It's kind of insane. Just what's happened in the last three years. We went from like four hundred and seven parts per million to four hundred and thirteen parts per million. Which normally takes like a thousand years. So, yeah, that's that's why I was looking at the VW because they've got some of the lowest emissions uh, of any vehicle. So, I try to be conscious of that. My Dodge is terrible about it. <laughs> yeah, or so they say. 
Yeah, or so they say. We, we've we've seen how Volkswagen has had issues. Is this a car podcast or a magic podcast? Uh, I don't know. But speaking of environmentally friendly, let's cut down some rainforest and look at some cardboard. <laughs> so, as far as uh, as far as like games and stuff, I actually I did something very non Freddy this week, and I played Blue White Control and won. And yeah, I went three hundred one, and would have gotten smashed horribly. Me and Chris played it out for funsies, but. Um. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see him earlier in the tournament for sure. That's a that's a terrible matchup for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I played it a lot quicker than I thought I would, and was worried about going to time. Only went to time once, and yeah. So and still won in time. Still won in time. Oh boy, <laughs> felt good. So, what did you All play right, this so... week? What did I play? Gosh, what did Josh play? Oh, Monterey Phoenix. Same thing I've been playing for like the last month and a half. Okay. Cool. What were you on, Travis? I was playing Teamer Snow Moon. And oddly enough, hmm. I couldn't beat the Amulet deck with three main deck Blood Moons. I so. watched that happen and it was really depressing. Like I watched you oh, top my. deck. I watched him top deck lands for literally six turns. It yeah, was... I think it was like three turns, but I drew extra cards off yeah, of the yeah, astrolabes and the ice cool fangs but yeah. yeah yeah it was six cards is what it was and i just remember seeing all the lands and i was like oh my gosh that's yeah, super rough dude yeah it was painful to witness so fun to play though i'll probably play it again next week yeah <laughs> i don't blame so, you uh this week segment one we got metagame in review uh we had three major tournaments this weekend two of which had eternal play yay uh um, yeah Canister won the modern challenge with uh, that silly deck that just got banned, Hogak. So obviously not the same deck, but um, had some changes there. Travis, you want to lead us into that? Yeah, so he posted on Twitter, in the interest of competitive diversity, Bridge from Below is banned, and then put a tag to his deck list. And it was basically this Hogak list without Bridge from Below, and he still won. And there was also a picture where he went 12-0 in the challenge. And I went back and watched a bunch of his matches and just chatted with a friend of mine who's a big dredge guy. He Mm -hmm. said all of these matches were just, like, so simple and so easy, like, a four-year-old could have won. Because the deck just has so much power, and it just laughs at removal. Like, what are you going to do? Fatal push my blood gas? Good luck. So, yeah, it's just a graveyard deck. Uh, It has a little bit more of a late game because uh, it's not, you know, trying to combo off and kill you. And so it has a little bit more removal, too. So it's just neat deck. Ben Fine I, and yeah, Hogak and does its thing. I think you nailed it. Like, I think this is a different, very different deck than what it was before. This looks less, like, combo-oriented. Um, I, I like this deck. Um, I like the... I prefer the four-color one. For me, I think it should look more like, in the interest of competitive diversity... Uh, Peter Golkowski is bad, just Canister's real name, uh, because I think he can pilot a ham sandwich to high-level finishes. Same with, like, Logan Nettles, uh, uh, Jabberwocky. Like, those two dudes grind so much that I... Obviously, they're intelligent, and they know what they're talking about, um, especially when they talk about decks, but I do think we have to take with a grain of salt whenever they go, oh, this deck's busted. That's like, well, maybe you're just insane. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm saying like they're very skilled. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely some validity to that statement. Like there's certain people that, you know, that I think you give them whatever and they're probably going to win a lot of matches with it just because they're very tight, very skilled players that can yeah, like, look at a Ger- deck and see the lines just naturally. Gerard Fabiano woke up this past weekend and decided to register for ball lightning. And like he had a pretty good record. Like he was talking about his record on Twitter. His team didn't do great. But his record was very good. He was like X and one. And uh, it's just like, he's a very good player. Um, he's had good finishes in modern with like Soltai in the past with like Ashiok Nightmare Weaver. Or so Teamer I, Moon. Or, or Teamer Moon, yeah. Well, a lot of people have had like experience with Teamer Moon and done well. But yeah, like I think this deck's very good. Um, but I think talking, like being sarcastic about, you know, the band not being effective. Um, I, I I think that's kind of off base. I think this deck's still very good, but I don't think it's what it was, you know, a few weeks ago. I think it's cool, and I'm probably going to build the four-color version with uh, Price of Malcolm in it. Do you think this is a Tier 1 deck? Uh, tier 1 or close. Maybe 1.5. Like, Dredge hasn't even been putting up the numbers like we thought it was going to, um, like, after the ban, because we figured everybody would be relaxing on their graveyard hate. But it's it's still not even been putting up the numbers we thought. It's still pretty outclassed by most of the decks. But I think it's tier one or close. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think on this one, like I just the deck looks like it would be a fun deck to play just looking at the list. I haven't seen anything on it, obviously, but I think that um it I don't it's obviously not a quote fair deck, but it's more fair than it was and i can live with it so i actually disagree i actually think this is a fair deck i think it's on the fringe of being unfair uh in, uh, the, in the same way that phoenix is you're putting a lot of power into play uh, ahead of schedule but i i wouldn't i would never call phoenix an unfair deck and i i think i'd hesitate to call this an unfair deck as well though i could definitely understand why you would feel that way i just think hogak is an unfair card it, it definitely feels like it, right? Like, it's like, here's all my power for, you know, no mana. <laughs> yeah, that's but, the problem. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, the, the, obvious, the, the obvious solution is uh, more people need to play Graph Figures Cage, right? <laughs> yeah, so, the big, the big issue, I think, is Graph Figures Cage. But there's also uh, the ley lines being printed in paper, at least. They're going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there was a comment. I forget who said it on Twitter, but the Ravenous Trap is like one of the most underplayed cards for what it does in oh, modern I'm, right now. Yeah, I'm on three of them in the sideboard of Phoenix right now. That card has been absurd. Um, every time I've played it, it's been my favorite piece. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say it's my favorite piece of graveyard hate in the format right now. I think it's better than Surgical. I think it's very close. I think Surgical's a close second, but yeah. Um, I, I Just playing against Phoenix uh, the other day, um, like playing against Blue Red as Mono Red, and just being able to rip his graveyard apart. You know, if I had Surgical, I could rip his Phoenixes out, sure. But being able to hit like a couple of Phoenixes and also like a couple of Faithful Suitings or whatever, um, or targets for like his finale, like that felt great because um, it hits the whole thing. It's it's just an instant speed, unexpected Tormod script, more or less. And that's the biggest thing. Like, Tormod script's obviously very good, but you telegraph yourself when you play the crypt, right? Yeah. Um, with with yeah. Trap, you're not really telegraphing yourself. 
and against a deck like Phoenix, by merit of getting the Phoenix into play, you're probably putting three cards into your graveyard. I uh, I was looking at the math on this. Frank Carson was talking about it, actually. He was also discussing Ravnus Trap. And uh, the math on them putting three cards into play, or into the yard uh, from anywhere, the turn they get their Phoenixes into play is something like 87%. Um, so a lot of the time, you know, you've made them waste and expend a lot of resources at that point. And we'll it's got to be 100%, right? They have to cast three spells, I guess. Uh, if they, looting. Yeah, if they flash back the looting, and then, uh, like... That yeah, still I think, puts two in the graveyard. Yeah, they were talking about something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was, like, a no-hand situation, more or less. Um, oh, so I, you just, like, flash back uh, the lava darts or something? Yeah, I, I can't remember. They were talking about it because somebody else brought it up. It's like, why isn't it 100%? Uh, and that might have been what it was. I'll, I'll find the tweets later and send them to you. But uh, yeah, it, it was like high 80s, low 90s on like how often they're putting that many cards into, into the bin, right? So you, you're ripping their whole yard out. And while the Phoenix seems to generally be the important part of their yard, um, other parts play in, like the lootings and, you know, finale targets. Um, because finale seeing more and more play in that card's insane. So I, I yeah, I, I agree. Ravnus Trap is just highly underrated right now. I, I, I would not leave home without them in most of my decks currently. Yeah, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about this list. It's playing four Seder Wayfinder. Oh, yeah. Saito <laughs> Wayfinder. Isn't that ridiculous? I love that card so much. I have a set literally sitting right next to me right now. Um, there's a, there's an Umberio Rights deck that's been running around again that's actually playing Hogak. Uh, and it plays Seder Wayfinder. So I dug out my Sailor Wayfinders. <laughs> I, okay. I used to play that card in like the standard dredge deck back in the day. Uh, so I, I think it's very good. I think it's uh, very underplayed in what is definitely a a very graveyard uh, a very graveyard based format right now. I think you're right. So the top the rest of the top eight. It looks like we had Tron, Burn, uh, Eldrazi. And so you said not Tron on there. Was that like just just Colos Eldrazi, Eldrazi yeah. Stompy, or it just yeah, it was not playing Tron lands. Interesting. Uh, mono red Phoenix, white yeah, red boy. taxes, hardened scales, and big surprise humans. <laughs> they snuck in there. They snuck in there. I don't think humans is actually very well positioned right now. Really? Yeah. Um, I think. The Phoenix decks can be very hard for humans, and I think blue white can be very hard for humans. And those decks are kind of everywhere right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I like. I don't think humans is very well positioned. Um, I'm stoked to see mono red performing. Like that deck is so fun, um, and it's cool to see Harden Scales back at it. Uh, that deck fell off really hard there for a minute, uh, which is depressing because it got a new a new tool in Modern Horizons. Um, I still own it. I still have it sleeved up. I keep it updated. Um, but uh, yeah, it's cool to see it back. But, uh, it's also interesting to see Eldrazi pop up. Uh, just like classic, almost Eldrazi winner. Obviously not, because no Eye of Ugin. Uh, but yeah, very reminiscent of that deck. Uh, so that's cool to see. I, that was before your modern time, Freddy. That, yeah. deck, that deck with Eye of Ugin was just a menace. <laughs> it was <laughs> but probably... 
probably one of the most broken times modern's ever seen maybe the most Sad. i didn't you, enjoy myself i didn't enjoy myself i did i was playing storm <laughs> so it was fun so the scg uh team event it looks like we had modern seats uh first place blue white control my boy shaheen sarani Shaheen Sarani, uh, Ben Rogan on Eldrazitron in second, uh, Humans in third, Pure Steel Paladin. Serious. I'm not familiar, so I think this is something that was around before my modern time as well. Kinda. I'll regale you. Barely. Let's uh, let's we'll finish okay. going through this top eight. And I'll uh, it. <laughs> Tron in fifth place. Is it Phoenix in sixth? Four color Urza in seventh, and Mono Blue Prison in eighth. So, Pure Steel Paladin, more colloquially gotcha. known as Cheerios, uh, is a deck that aims to get Srom, uh, the senior artificer or whatever from Kaladesh, or Pure Steel Paladin into play, preferably both. Um, you know, as early as turn one, and then you play all kinds of zero-cost equipment, like a quarter shield, uh, and uh, you just play those, and you cantrip every time, and you just draw your whole deck by playing these over and over, and you have Mox Opal, and you cast Retract, uh, which returns all of your artifacts to your hand, and you just do this and draw your whole deck, and then Grape Shot your opponent. <laughs> okay. Alternatively, some lists also play Monastery Mentor in either the main or the It is a super, super funny deck. Um, it actually reminds me, I mentioned it a few weeks ago when we were talking about Neoform, um, how mm -hmm. a lot of people were clamoring for Neoform bans because it could you know, kill on turn one or two. Um, it was kind of the same excitement around Paladin back in the day. I honestly hope Paladin got better because that deck's sweet to watch. Uh, its lines are always very unique and just watching them just cantrip off these unplayable draft equipments. Heck, I probably wouldn't draft a quarter shield. Um, but uh, Sigil of Distinction. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's super cool. Um, it's it's definitely an unfair deck. Uh, but it's I think it's a very neat unfair deck. Interesting. All right, so uh, and it looks like Travis, you wanted to talk a little bit about the. Legacy seats. Oh yeah, where uh, six of the eight seats were playing Deathrite Sean. I mean uh Renin Six. Yeah, how dare you invoke <laughs> my boy. Um <laughs> so this was very odd. They had uh six four color decks basically. I mean uh that were all jamming Renin Six, which is having a very similar effect on the format as Deathrite Shaman had. It's this uniform mass of check pile essentially. They're all just playing really good cards and then Ren and Six uh, power out their land bases and cast whatever spells they want to. Uh, mostly blue spells because they back it up with Force of Will. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of taken over Legacy. I, I figure we should mention it. We mostly focus on Modern, but it seems like uh, like Rodrigo Tagores, he's a big Legacy and Vintage guy on Twitter. He mentioned... This is doing the same thing that Deathrite Shaman did, and it's only a matter of time until Red and Six won't be in the format. I give it eight months. I don't think this card is long for the format. Um, I like the decks and the play patterns. It it causes a little more than Deathrite Shaman, but I do not think it is healthy for the format. 
Um, I do like that, you know, it's reignited like Thresh uh, and stuff like that. And I think another card that's had this uh, uh, had an impact as well in making these these strategies possible is Dreadhorde Arcanist. Um, it is yeah. it has been an absolute powerhouse as well. So Legacy has had a big shakeup, but I think this you know devolving into piles of good cards powered by you know one engine. I unfortunately think it's a symptom of the format uh, and the curation of it. Uh, and goes back to um, what a lot of people argued about when it's like, are we banning faithless looting or is it the brainstorm of modern? Um, and I think I think at the end of the day, brainstorm is what holds these decks together. Uh, obviously, Ren helps with your mana base, but brainstorm really stitches it together. You know, it's like crack my fetch, get rid of all my crappy cards that I don't need. Plus the red and get the fetch back, uh, develop my mana while having this massive card selection engine. Um, you know, plus one draw card is a, a, a you know that's a it's a very very low floor. Like it's very good, um, and being able to ping unflipped Delvers or you know, it's it's a very good card. Uh, but I think it's a symptom of a larger problem. Uh, and it's part of why I took a step back from Legacy because. I thought removing Deathrite Shaman from it would make everything better, but fortunately not the case. Um, and like I said, while I do like these decks better than I like the Deathrite Shaman decks, I don't think it's good for the format as a whole. And I agree. I think that I think Renin Six won't be long for uh, for uh, Legacy. I'm I'm hopefully going to be traveling to Atlanta for a Legacy GP there with one of my buddies, and. I haven't dove too much into legacy because we've been doing the podcast on modern, but if I do end up making that trip, I'm going to dive pretty heavy. And my initial thought is just to build essentially check pile, which I played in Seattle last year. Um, and just play instead of four death, right? Shaman play four Ren and six. So that's kind of where I'm going to start, uh, which is kind of sad because I, I would rather just play super grindy matchups where uh, there, there's like uh, two ships passing in the night or uh, like miracles versus miracles. Um, but when it's just Ren and Six, it's like, oh, you got yours to ultimate first? Okay, great. I think the Grixis Arcanus deck, like the Grixis Control with Dreadhorde Arcanus, I think it's well positioned against a lot of the four color piles in the format. Um, it was on stream a few times at the open, um, and every time I saw it paired up against the four color decks, it won. Um, so you already have Grixis Control built. If you don't want to go the four color route, you could just play the Dreadhorde Arcanus deck. Um, yeah. Alternatively, there's the four color Dreadhorde Arcanus deck where you you know play Noble Hierarch, get your Dreadhorde Arcanus pumped by your Noble Hierarch, and flashback him to Turok and ruin your opponent's day. Oh my gosh, that's gross. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a couple options. I also have Miracles, but I'll dive into the format and let you know what I decide. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's do the next one. All right, so we uh, have predictions for Pro Championship Barcelona, specifically. <laughs> um, so what our predictions for deck with the highest win percentage blue white control oh you really think so okay yeah, yeah absolutely see it was josh hard... is saying blue white control yeah we need to record what this put it in the notes um 
it was hardened scales last time, which is really weird. Uh, I think it's going to be humans this time, uh, despite what Josh mentioned earlier. I just think a lot of good players are going to play humans, and that's going to affect the win percentage. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure it's going to be open deck list too. So. Oh, if it's open deck list, yeah, that changes things. But kind of. I mean, that does I help mean, blue-white as well. Yeah, I think open deck list help blue-white. I don't know. I think that out of like the the big decks, I would probably go with either Phoenix or blue-white. And yeah. blue-red Phoenix, not mono-red. Mono-red just loses to itself randomly. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I like my my whole reasoning is for for blue white is simply um it it is a deck that does well in a uh, in a known field. And I think pros when they have the opportunity to jam a control deck when it's doing well, I think they'll hop on it. Um and I think uh I think that's why we'll see blue white with high win percentage, because a lot of good players will be playing it. But once again, you can say the same about uh, you can say the same about humans, though. So counteract that. What's the lowest win percentage? The Hogak deck. Oh, Hogak. you're not saying that. Yep, saying that. You think the? Wow, I think you're 100 percent wrong. Nope. Or maybe uh, like 15 percent wrong. I don't know. I think I think people are going to show up with this deck, and it's going to lose itself a whole bunch. So, I would say, um, lowest win percentage. Is anybody going to be dumb enough to register Storm, or is that like even? Are people going to entertain that at this point? Certainly, <laughs> people will. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say Storm has the lowest win percentage out of the wow. field. Okay. I don't remember what Storm's win percentage was in London. Do either of you? No, not no. high. <laughs> okay. There were a bunch of people who, because of uh, the London mulligan back in London, switched to Boggles, and that ended up having like a 37% win rate. Actually, so, I'm going to revise my answer. Yeah, you should. You say it... Boggles? <laughs> no. No, Josh. Yeah, let's say Neoform, because that deck's Neoform. Trash. Storm's going to win the whole thing and throw your percentage off. I, I, I would be happy if that happened. But as of now, it's really looking like I'm right about what I said about this pile. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I beat it last night, and I only cast like two spells. So yeah, It's terrible. <laughs> right, I'm going to officially go with Boggles. I'm officially, officially. Neoform. That or Gabriel Nassif's mono blue control deck. <laughs> Out of here, dude. He's gonna register it. He's already said he's playing it. Mono blue control. Yeah. Is it, is it the same as mono blue prison that Will Pulliam top aided with? No, this is a control deck that happens to play like Nar some Narset combos. Um, oh yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, he streams it all the time. Like. Gabriel Nassif, though, he's another one of those people that could sleeve up a ham sandwich, and if it has Cryptic Command in it, he'll do well. What if it has Baloney in it? <laughs> or is that a deal breaker? That might be a deal breaker. Shenanigans. That's a real magic card now. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the limited versus construction portion, 
what is, is the limited? Is it draft or is it sealed or is it both? It's Modern Horizons draft. It's MH1 draft. MH1 yeah. draft, which is considered one of the top five draft formats of all time. So okay, incredibly fun to play. But at the end of the day, limited is still incredibly boring to watch, no matter what the format. They drafted Vintage Masters in paper um, a few years ago. And That's... yeah, did you not see that? It was uh, either at Worlds or a Pro Tour. Like R&D brought in power and they made Vintage Masters packs. Oh, you're not correct. That's... No, I, I 100% promise I will send you a link gonna send me a link but it's not gonna say what you just said yep 100 percent. talking about when they did the cube because nope. there was a pa- uh like a legacy cube no i don't remember that but hang You're on clicking but yeah no no keep talking you guys are good uh i think uh <laughs> I, I, I think constructed okay yeah gonna... uh, was... a, a special paper format vintage masters draft was used in 2014 worlds which packs were generated by Magic Online and physically reconstructed exclusively for the Vince usage. Just wrote that down. Nope. I just typed it in on Wikipedia. Cited. There got you him. go. Okay. There's the link. Yeah, that was five years ago. Holy crap. But yeah, and it was still very boring to watch. And like Vintage Masters was super fun to draft. But wonder yeah. I don't remember it. Jeez. So, so Travis, you're saying... Yeah, sadly constructed for all the reasons Josh mentioned. I think the constructed portion will be more entertaining for coverage. So for me, I kind of split on this because if it's sealed, I absolutely will not watch it. (laughs) Um, Like, honestly, like I can open six packs on my own and say, hmm, this is a decent pool or this is a bad pool. Like, right. (laughs) And so for draft, I enjoy watching the actual draft. Yeah, me as well. That's my Um, favorite part. Like, I enjoy watching their picks and, like, when they look through the packs and seeing, okay, what is is so-and-so pick and, like, what are they doing with it? For me, that's fairly – that's really interesting to see how they think about their picks and – because I am not a good drafter. I'm not a good sealed player. Like, I I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, it'll um, be it'll be cool to see Marcio Carvalho's neighbor's car. Uh, but what <laughs> I do, <laughs> so I like watching that. But pretty much when it gets to the draft games, I like tune out. Yeah. Um, so constructed, definitely. If I'm watching gameplay, like I want to watch constructed, just because I feel like it's actually something that I enjoy for many reasons that you guys have said as well. Um, but yeah. So with that being said, what is the top eight going to look like? Ooh, good one. This is the big question. You're up, Travis. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> scrolling to find my list. So, uh, yes. The first thing I want to mention is that I think Bring to Light Scape Shift is going to be right around 3 or 4% of the meta. It's just all over Twitter right now. So I'm going to put Scape Shift, BTL Scape Shift. Uh, Eldrazi Tron, I think, is Tier 1 right now. Maybe the best deck in the format. 
So I'm going to say two Eldrazi Tronless, a blue-white, two Dredge, despite what Josh was mentioning. I uh, have a buddy who did a stream session with Sodek, who's this Polish streamer who's always just jamming Dredge, and Dredge is extremely powerful right now. And then just to fill out my eight, I threw in Amulet Titan and Phoenix. So we'll see if those come to fruition. I don't think our uh, I don't think our top eight uh, predictions are that far off, Travis, uh, from each other. Uh, I I actually think Dredge will show up uh, in the top eight and Hogak as well. Um, I I think it'll make it through. Um, but I also think Brindlelight Scapeshift will top eight. I think that deck's really really powerful, and I think as the meta continues to shift and it's able to streamline its answers, um, I think uh, I think it's just going to keep getting better. Um, I also think Jund uh, is going to make an appearance. That deck is really, really being buffed by Running Six and by uh, Hex Trinker and Season Pyromancer. I'm and, so off of Hex Trinker. I don't think that's a real card. I don't know. R- Reed's down to two, but yeah, that's Reed's honestly my reasoning. Basically, I know he's going to show up and register it, and I just think he's going to take the whole thing. <laughs> but really? I think. I, I think it's very possible. The dude's running hot right now. Just like watching him stream, it's just oh man, it's awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Jundle top eight, and then I think we'll see two copies of Phoenix, and I think we'll see uh, one of the Urza decks, um, whatever variety, be it one of the three color ones or one of the four color ones. They're really the same deck. It just depends on what removal suite they want to play. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see one of the Urza decks as well. Bold, bold, I love it. What about you, Freddie? Uh, so I think you're going to have some of the pretty standard players. I think there'll be Phoenix. I think there'll be Blue, White, Dredge. Um, I think maybe a copy of Infect. Not there. I won't be at the tournament. Yeah, and I know. That's why I think it's going to be top eight for sure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Got him. Got him. Oh man, that hurt. <laughs> so, so uh humans and then maybe another copy of Phoenix red or blue white or not blue white, blue red. Um and then I'm sure we'll get something funky in there like in the 7 and 8 just some sort of silliness. I didn't say Eldrazi Tron or Eldrazi, but I think some sort of Eldrazi variant will be in there. Possibly prison. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. So, Hogak in the top eight. You guys are saying, I know at least one of you said yes. Yeah, I, I think it'll squeak through. Saying like a dedicated list like canisters will make the top eight? Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be exactly like that. Like one of these players that keeps grinding it. Um, I think I think there's a very ch- real chance they'll break through. Um, because it is a deck that rewards knowing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it definitely has a real chance. I do too. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as a dedicated player in the top eight. I do think it's going to show up as a one of in traditional dredge lists. That seems okay. to be the go-to right now. So I'm going to say, yes, it will be there. But as one of. But in a, in a dredge variant, not a dedicated Hogak list. Yeah, that's my prediction. Okay. okay. Um, I, so like, I don't think it will be in a dedicated Hogak list. I don't think it's going to make it, but I think 
possibly in dredge i don't really i haven't looked at dredge lately i don't know what they're doing but if they're doing like a one of i'm sure it'll probably be in there so um i did have a copy of dredge in the top eight mm, yeah for sure so over or under on 14 basic snowlands on the top eight i think over uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this for a second. Well, Why do you say over? Well, you got eight and bring the light scape shift. So there's eight True. right there. Um, blue, the blue-white decks, some of them have had a snow skew lately uh, or have just bluffed a snow skew. Obviously, if it's open deck list, your bluffing doesn't do a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there have been lists that have been playing a couple of uh, old Den Ices. Um, and, some are, and some people just play it for style points, you know? Um, so yeah, I think over 14, especially with the new arts for him. A lot of people like them. Uh, uh, I just have an axe to grind because of this. I spent a bunch of money on beta basics for all my modern decks. And now it's incorrect to play beta basics. You should be playing these snow lands. Yeah. It's a net negative to not, right? Like it's really agitating. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, uh, because of that, I'm going to say over. And a lot of that is just people are going to be putting the cards in their decks uh, because there's one uh, one card that they want to play, and there's there's a possibility, like you mentioned, with like Grixis Wurza or Jeskai Wurza, because they do rely pretty heavily on the Astrolabe and they have to have those basics to cast it. Yep. That one dedicated snow deck gets there. And that really pushes the numbers over the top. So I'm going to say over, but it's only going to be like 15. So that's my yeah, prediction. I, I think 15 is a good number. That's that's what I'm going to go with as well. What do you think? Uh, I don't really know. Like, I hadn't given this any thought before I saw, like, <laughs> before I, you asked this question. And I'm like, uh, maybe there's over? Maybe there's under? Like, I think under. I don't right. like, I don't think that there's gonna be like some heavy snow play getting in the top eight. I just You don't think that it, could possibly top eight? It could. I I don't know. Like it's a weird question for me. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me, dog. Uh, next question is plus or minus 25,000 average viewers on Twitch. I asked this question because there's a little bit of controversy related to what Magic has been doing as far as promoing their Twitch streams. When they did the Mythic Invitational, it was a little over 100,000. And a lot of people think those are just inflated numbers that they like paid advertising yeah. and put it as like a banner on all sorts of different pages. And that counted as a viewer. So uh, I was about to ask, does this count view bots or no? Yeah, so uh, when they did, <laughs> do their, you really think they're buying view bots? One hundred and fifty percent, I guaranteed. So you the question is, think they're buying they're buying bots to view the. Yeah, I don't know. And embedding, they, and they absolutely are. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, but they really, only they yeah, only do it occasionally. They don't do it necessarily for the tabletop events, and they didn't for London. Like a lot of people just didn't even know London happened. Just so. Yeah, they yeah, they're very I selective. Have, I have an axe to grind. I have an axe to grind with arena, anyways. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, so have... pl plus or minus twenty five grand 
under average viewers. Yeah, minus. It's it's not arena. They don't care. So average, average viewers, I'm gonna say under. Total views, I think over. I'm over, and the reason I say that is because I think the you think they're, gonna, they're gonna roll out the bots. Do, uh, actually, let me rephrase that. I don't think they're gonna roll out the bots. I think because it's in Barcelona, the constructed portions will be later in the day or in the morning for us on ah. the the, uh, the state side. So I think that'll have an effect on average viewers as well. Uh, but almost certainly, this will be the most watched event on Twitch if you go back and watch uh, the vlogs or videos. So. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. I'm Let's saying over. Stay under yeah. because I'm jaded because of this arena crap. <laughs> jaded. <laughs> I seriously think MTG Arena is one of the worst things to happen to tabletop magic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think on its own it is. I think the changes they made to implement around the game are yeah yeah i i have never been one to say like you know when the sky is falling stuff has happened like oh my god damage is off the stack oh my god uh, you know mana burn went away blah 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 i i never cared uh but this is the first time i've gone they need to get it together with this crap and really sort out what they're doing or it's going to hurt the game um obviously we're seeing it with the competitive play like setup like, you mean lack thereof yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I we used to do several big events a year, but we're seven months in and I haven't done a single event. Um, right? It so feels bad, dude. I, I'm not a fan, so I blame Arena. Uh, on a much more positive note, let's name one top eight competitor. Uh, I already named who I think it's going to be, and I think it's going to be my boy, my boy Reed Duke. Um, or realistically, it could also be Luis. Uh, Luis is on Fire. I was gonna say LSV. Yeah, I'll let you say him for me because he's on okay. fire. Like he just won GP Denver, which they also didn't, you know, broadcast uh, with Scape Shift and Standard. That dude is just killing it, and I'm so excited. But yeah, I think Reed is also on fire, uh, and he's got another top eight due, uh, and I think it's going to be this one, and I think it's going to be with Jund. Uh, is there another deck that he would play? Yeah, absolutely. His last top eight was with Absin. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was just saying like tier one deck. <laughs> hey, Jun's tier one. Fight me. Is Isn't it tier that... one again? You think? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh no, you're not correct. What? I don't think words. it's tier one. Uh, uh I mean, uh, is it 2016? No, it's not. So no, yeah, no. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, right. So my my prediction, I'm gonna put uh. Owen Turtonwald in no. <laughs> uh, uh, I do think like Owen is still the best player in the world, but I'm yes. gonna go with uh, Shota Yasuoka. Also, uh, yeah, he could for sure. Also, Jund is the fourth most played deck at the moment. Uh, but uh... yeah, people are dumb, so <laughs> I, mean, I don't know but, what to tell you. Uh, I, I I disagree about Owen being the best player in the world, and that has nothing to do with him being a scumbag. Yeah, I think if oh, you look at all of his high-level finishes, um, I think he is skilled at piloting busted decks. Um, every single one of his high-level finishes has been when a busted deck has just ruled the format. 
Uh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. I think he's got, obviously, luck plays an important role. But when a format is difficult, he doesn't seem to do well. Um, he just does well with busted decks. He's obviously a good player. He's better than me, but I don't think he's the best in the world. I don't even think he's he's the best out of like Peach Garden Oath, like when that was still a thing. I think that yeah, was Reed is right up there too. If you look at how they did in Planeswalker points, like I mean yeah. Reed and Owen are like one and two. Yeah, and it's like and you also have to take into account Reed didn't used to play paper magic competitively. He was strictly an MTGO grinder for the longest time. So you don't get Planeswalker points for that. So I, yeah, I, no, I, I don't think he's the best player in the world. I think he's a very, very good player, but 100% overhyped. And I don't think we're ever going to see him ever again. So we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breakout card of the tournament. Josh, what do you think? Ooh, this is hard. Um, Arkham's Astrolabe. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I think uh, while I don't think any of like the Teamer or Sultai Snow decks uh, are going to top eight, I do think Wurza will. But I do think those decks are still very good. Um, and uh, I've just been brewing with Astrolabe so much in just so many formats. And like, you know, Legacy, Pauper, Modern, like, I just want to play Astrolabe and everything. Uh, Prophetic Prism used to be one of my favorite cards, and it's just better Prism. So it's super, super cool. Uh, my prediction, Karn the Great Creator. As I said, with uh, the two Eldrazi Tron decks that I think are going to top eight, the pinnacle card in that deck that kind of pushes it over is Karn the Great Creator, being able to toolbox all the artifacts out of your sideboard. Uh, it's just a really effective card uh, in and of itself. Even if you can't access the toolbox, you can shut off your opponent's artifacts and... Uh, it's just kind of ridiculous. It's almost, and it's also one of the top twenty played cards in modern right now. So, which is crazy to see. Yeah, Karn, the great I think creator. it's very good. Yeah, I hesitate pretty. to call it a breakout card though, just simply because I feel like it's known. But yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think it's gonna be like shoved in people's faces. Just how good it is, though. Oh, for sure. Um. So Travis took mine because I was going to say Karn, but <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I don't know, like, anything else that's, like, near right now that's really, like, showing up. I guess you could consider Hogak if it does pull through and make it into the top eight. Um, I don't think it's personally going to happen, but who knows? We can see it. My my number two card was... Uh... The Sluting. Uh, no. <laughs> My number one was actually Faithful Saluting, but I thought you would instantly TD that and say it's not a breakout card. But yeah, it no. is. It broke out of Magic Prison because they didn't ban <laughs> it. And so, to me, it is a breakout card, and always My, will be. My number two card was Prismatic Vista, actually. That's it. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I think that card's very good. Me too, but it's not like a fetch land. Yeah, yeah, it's a breakout card. Scalding turn is the breakout card of the... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I didn't say it. Please. <laughs> Josh, we got to the final one. What do you think is going to be the overall winning modern deck for the Mythic Championship? Blue-Red Phoenix. I hate that you're probably right. <laughs> You're just talking overall win percentage? No, no this like, is... what's going to win the tournament? 
So someone's going to pilot a deck to be the overall winner. And okay. what, what deck are they going to play? Josh says Phoenix. Man, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, like I said, I still think Eldrazi Tron is great. Um, I'll switch yeah. my guess. I'm going to play Dredge. I'm going to say Dredge. Dredge. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, my initial was going to be Phoenix as well, but since Josh is saying Phoenix, I'm going to go with Blue White was my second choice. <laughs> You're not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, What's that's that? why it's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% correct. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, let's close this down. Yeah. All right, sure. so where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I feel like we need a better way to phrase that, because it's yeah. just like... Yeah, it's... Yeah, it ain't good. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, for me, you can find me at ours is Fury on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 847 and twitch.tv backslash Travis 847. I also want to mention you can support this podcast on Patreon. We currently have zero patrons. Yeah. Uh, we're making zero dollars a month, but uh, patreon.com backslash eternal implications. Yeah, support my love for expensive whiskey. Um, oh, that's not what we're going to do with the money. Support <laughs> Travis trying to get a Tesla. Cause... Yes, that's what we'll do. <laughs> He's having this moral implication about carbon dioxide and stuff. And I just, you know, I want to support him in some way. Really am. It's kind of sad. Freddie, where uh, can we find you? For me, you can find me on Infowars.com. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> you can? Oh, no. <laughs> no, you can uh, find me on I'll go backslash red pills. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I always have to throw something fun in Turn there. Turn the uh, fucking frogs gay. <laughs> Dude, it's happening. You're joking now, but... <laughs> so, when we... Uh, <laughs> Instagram and Twitch, Classic Alfredo eighty six. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for tuning in on this episode of Eternal Implications, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>